conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now, back to the episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right. Good morning, gentlemen. We are live. We're back. How's your guys weekend? Happy Monday. Coffee time? Oh yeah. Especially on daylight savings. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. So enough coffee. Grab your, grab your beer. We're ready to rock and roll. (laughs) Come on. It's Monday. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't matter. Any day is a good day to have a beer. You gotta love uh you gotta love slow video intro delays those are always the best <laughs> but uh yeah monday morning we are back good morning hospitality i got the, the the michaels with me once again and uh we've had 
pretty productive weeks. I would say, you know, new month. It's now November 2nd. We're getting close to a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff happening here. So, gentlemen, how's uh, how's the week before? What's cracking? What's new? Yeah, it was all good. And you, Mike, start with you this time. All right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a busy one for us at Noids Aware. We held uh, a virtual conference and uh, had a lot of really cool companies and good speakers on it. Uh, a few of the trends that, that we talked about we'll, we'll discuss on the show today. But yeah, it was, it was quite a hectic week. <laughs> Glad that we that? What was your main takeaway from the event? Anything cool? Um, well, anytime Simon Lehman speaks, it's all about profitability. So yeah. um, it, was, it was good to hear a couple of different avenues of, of Simon approaching profitability. But the one that I'm, I'm excited to talk about today is, is uh, the flexibility within travel altogether from booking to operations to in the actual physical space. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Simon, yeah, he's he got me amped up on the second day. He was he went fire, all in. It was great. I loved it. Something, something powerful about just starting your morning of talking about profitability in the hospitality space. <laughs> what about you, Ross? What you got? That's why I'm wearing red, right? I know that Simon's favorite color is red, right? So <laughs> I don't know if he's wearing his red shoes. It was a good week, actually. It was busy, like always, which is good. Uh, the funny thing is, like, on Wednesday, we had our monthly update, and we always try to make it special. So this time, it was Halloween theme, so everybody was dressed as uh, scary people and everything. It was pretty cool, so people did effort. So it's always nice to see the whole team complete. And uh, we also had a conference. We had iMeet Hotel. Our conference last, last week, huge success. Many Italians, actually, it was uh, focusing on the Italian market and many takeaways I will share later. But I think the most important one that came back was innovation. Innovation was the, was the main yeah. one? I think a lot of people talk about innovation now, yeah. So it was uh, artificial intelligence, human intelligence, and, and innovation. And the same with also you can, some, which you see also in the vacation rentals, smart locks, everything came back. So what's cool? In, in vouchers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started, man. We <laughs> that's a, such a good one. I'm gonna write my notes now for the, for the voucher startup that we're gonna create. Um, no, I think it's really really good stuff. I I tuned into I Meet Hotel early in the morning uh, Thursday, and then I also was a part of the Return on Rentals with you, Michael. So um, both great events, like tons of good stuff. Um, I think it was like a good couple of days of geeking out, and obviously it helped us get ready for this show today. So. You know, I got to give you guys both kudos for providing the content. We're already predicting it ahead of time. You know, I love it. Um, so, yeah, this is a, we're talking about flexibility and trends. And I know we both just kind of talked about innovations and kind of what's going on with everything like that. And um, I want to know what are what are the main trends? Some uh, some flexibility, obviously, we see in cancellations and how people are booking and what's going on with the industry as a whole with hotels and vacation rentals. But maybe this, uh, I'll start with uh, Ross on maybe a trend in innovation that you're seeing that we're, we're going to talk about today. Well, they were talking a lot about personalization, but still also like the AI combination with, uh, with a human interface, right? So how can we use technology to improve processes also in communication? Because also they, they showed actually that 
people do appreciate chatbots if they're willing, if they're able to uh, solve problems quicker or answer quicker. Why not? So it was it was came back quite often. Of course, the smart locks, those kind of things was discussed. Like how can technology, how can innovation actually help now the properties? And it's also come back to flexibility. You don't have to be there to give the key, etc. But also, of course, when you're looking at the safety, the hygiene stuff, it's also important. So a lot of things were discussed in there. Um, you see really like how innovation can actually help properties as well in generating more reservations, even though it's in a hard time. I think it was also mm -hmm. nice that we actually had, we were focusing on the Italian market, right? And we all know that Italy was one of the countries was was hit really, really badly as one of the first ones, actually. So actually, they yeah. didn't take the learnings maybe from other countries. And uh, well, you can see their hope. And I, of course, I, I said to them as well. Actually, every year I go to Italy with my family. And this is the first year, actually, since years I didn't go. I uh, was happy to be around Italian people at that meeting. Yeah, and I hope everything will come back for them soon because they really, you see, especially, I think, in Italy, there's a lot of single-owned hotels, B&Bs, family-owned hotels, and they are really struggling now. When you see the chain hotels, they have some more financial resources, right? So they, they're struggling, but you can see they're they're hopeful, so... Yeah. It, was, it was a good session with like with insights and and I think the hotels are joined they're gonna want to get some learnings but how can they recover and yeah also it came back again that now it's a, ch a change for distribution channels innovation um, so yeah it was it was good I enjoyed it well even one of your one of your speakers uh, Simon A was on my podcast um, and we were talking yeah. about the the power of like back, he said back in 1999 when he first started, it was all like paper, yeah. you know, hand check in, nothing, no electronics. So you had a ton of time with the guest. And now we have a lot of tech. We have big tech stacks at some properties. Um, unless you're at like an independent property, more likely not going to have a huge amount. Um, but still, like our time is used in these ways that are supposed to help the guests, but we're not spending the time that we need to because we're. Mm -hmm playing with all these other these cool bells and whistles, which also are supposed to help the job. But then I sit, he was talk, talking about, we need to implement more tech, implement mm -hmm. more to let it automate, to not even not automate, but to be so accurately able to unconfuse travel. Because uh, there's a lot that goes on with travel. There's so many variables. Um, and I, from looking from that perspective was super cool for me because I'm always about the guest experience. And like you said, he was telling me about their, their markets are like 5% occupancy. And so mm -hmm. to be at that low of level to then think we need more tech in order to get our staff freed was an interesting perspective to take on. And I, I, I understand where he's going with it. And I totally, totally agree that there was a lot of cool things that you could do with APIs and other stuff that would have freed mm -hmm. up the staff in order to make that human connection a lot better. Yeah, well, I would talk about APIs, what might be more topic for next time. I think also we go more to like an a API economy, right? When everything is connected yeah. with a, somebody else's API, the end, you're just building your product around others' APIs and your own. So it might be an interesting topic for next time. But what Simona <laughs> indeed said, it was like really this whole combination of artificial intelligence combined with human intelligence is super strong. And a lot of people say that people think they have to choose, right? Are we going to stay? With the, with the human interface, or are we going to move to AI? But I think the combination could be really strong. So that was coming back to yeah. the sessions in there. So it was a good session. Yeah. That's what I meant to say it was AI, not API. But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I helped you a bit. <laughs> Thank you. Michael, what about you, man? Because um, we're seeing a lot of trends, obviously, on the vacation rental side. And um, I think um, Mickey 
from the ROR event was uh, a great speaker on talking about a little bit of innovation and flexibility, especially when it comes to like that hybrid model, which Simon Lehman, of course, said too, we're going to hear that word a lot more. But um, I think you had a good session with him and I kind of want to touch base on that. Yeah, I think something that, that blends in with what you and Ross were just talking about is, and it's something Mickey and Simon both discussed, and, and Julie as well, but it was about hospitality and hospitality. And, and right now, it, the push is for everything to be automated, everything to be you know, digital, and, and you know, hotels can learn a lot from short-term rentals getting people to the door and walking in without having to contact the guest in, in person. Um, but hotels historically, they teach a lot to short-term rentals about hospitality. Mm. And where, where is the line today? And where's the line gonna be two years from now? Um, the line today is full on contactless stays. Um, that's, that's the gold standard. Yeah. What's it gonna look like in two years? Uh, you know, I, I'd like to think hospitality plays a role back in hospitality when we're done, but uh, I think people are going to like the ability to walk straight to their room and check in uh, versus standing in a line and doing things that should be automated anyway. Um, you know, it's there's nothing worse than being on a 10-hour flight and checking in at a hotel and waiting for 30 minutes because there's they have to give you a key like just send it to my phone and, and i'll go punch a code in or i'll use my phone to open up a door yeah. uh, things that short-term rentals are, are pros at and, and we've been forced to because there is you know all the rooms are not in a single building mm -hmm. uh, but then the the hospitality touch you know it's it's hard to express hospitality digitally uh yeah. it's very like people travel because they want to meet people and see people and experience cultures and ask questions and learn. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you can sure you can do a, a walking tour from your phone, but that's not cool. It's not giving you a feeling of belonging or, or, or being welcome to a place. It's just further distancing yourself from, from humanity. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's going to be a, interesting to see how technology can play an important role but how hospitality gets weaved back into to all sectors of, of travel well i uh, i really liked the breezeway session because the um, the property manager that they brought on to discuss um their topic was telling how they actually incorporated that hospitality kind of like feel to it. Like, Hey, this guest doesn't like this. They don't want to miss stay clean. They want this, this, and this adding those personal touches. And like, cause I think that's where the biggest, from my point of view, from, from when I was a manager was that, um, the front desk would know all these things, right? Mr. Smith does not like this. He wants to do, 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 do blah, 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 you name it. And, uh, it gets all done on their side, but nobody communicates it to the housekeeping or even to the maintenance person. Um, and so let's say my maintenance director is going to go help, you know, fix a fireplace, but he doesn't know that Mr. Smith does wants, you know, things done a certain way. I don't know, you know, you name it, right. But incorporating that into a platform where the whole team is able to be hospital, like be able to provide hospitality. Um, Cause I think that's where one thing is like the front desk always gets to, 
hospitality credit, but there's no, you know, housekeepers don't see the, the notes inside a reservation. They, they see a, a room occupied, dirty or clean. That's well, pretty much see it. Some hotels, right? We just spoke last time about Citizen M when they introduced a different business model, but also when you're looking at their people, right? It is the same person could help you with a check-in, even though you have to check in by yourself. But if you need any help, somebody will help you. And it's the same person who's selling uh, stuff from their shop, but it's the same person also serving in the restaurant. So they're making this flexibility also within the workforce. But I think for, for people within the hotel, it's pretty fun to do different stuff and not always stand behind the bar or always behind the reception. So there's also, if you talk about flexibility, I think it comes back also in your in your workforce and your employees. Yeah, what, what was the bank that did away with the tellers and they created a, a coffee Umqua. shop? I think it was Umqua, right? Umqua was, was known for some hospitality training change that they made like 10 years ago. I'm talking about a bank, like Bank of America or Capital One or something. Like you, you can go into their bank, but it's really just a coffee shop. Yeah, there's there's some in the U.S. Was it the one? Yeah, I'm just thinking. Well, uh, Umqua did something like that ten years ago, but Capital One just launched a, um, a cafe. I think Capital One could be indeed yeah, because you can drink a coffee. They're helping you, and then you can buy yeah. a coffee, but also you can just have a chitty chat in there and even work from there. And yeah, yeah. So it becomes like again, it, it back to the flexibility piece but it's also hospitality it's it's accomplishing multiple purposes with with the single use space mm -hmm. and the a, a bank which is typically a sterile environment is now a warm and inviting environment mm -hmm. uh, it, it's really cool to see you know, innovation in places that you would have never expected it and you know, I think hotels to, to loop it all back, Hotels are starting to learn this and, and they're being forced to with, with COVID. You know, I've, there's private gyms in single rooms now. There's workspaces, of course. And uh, I, I saw one hotel was doing recording studios. They set up a few recording studios in different rooms. So you know, depending on your market, where, where you are, how you can attract locals to your hotel, which is something no one's ever really been focused on before. Um, they get to look at their city and say, you know, Atlanta has a ton of recording artists or uh, a bunch of future musicians, not magicians, musicians. <laughs> uh, and so let's let's pop some recording studios into some some vacancy. Um, you know, you got to be careful time of day with the noise there, but there's there's a lot of cool things going on. Um, Cruise Lines was a carnival that is yeah. now selling a co-working, co-living experience. And I think the details are still a little big. Yeah, so. I tried to find it, but it was between it was 25 and 50K, but there, how long yeah. it was unclear and everything. But I think they just want to just test what is the feedback? Are people open for it before they actually launching it? When yeah. I think they just want to get yeah. some customer feedback but it was yeah, fifty thousand dollars they better include everything <laughs> right and every like meal the market there right like uh, for yeah. sure see few that's for sure included what is see few for sure will be included yeah, yeah double occupancy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's cool i like the idea it's like a semester at sea kind of thing mm -hmm. but for that kind of price you you're really narrow in who's who makes that much money and is that is at that point in their life 
that they can get on a boat for six months. Oh, the first yeah. thing I was thinking, the, I know that always on the cruise ship, the internet is so bad, right? It's always a using oh, the yeah. satellites, internet. So if you really want to get tech people and stuff on board, and if the internet doesn't work, they will jump off the boat probably. <laughs> so I'm not sure, like, but it's, I love it that they're just thinking about some new ideas and to how to fill their ships because it is challenging, right? So yeah, let's see well, if they would really, really do it or not. Another podcast I was a big fan of, like early, early when I started my journey in hospitality, they were talking about, um, you know, crews not selling their, you know, um, their boats for this kind of space, but more of just docking them somewhere and allowing it to be just hotel co-working space instead of going out to sea for like six months, just docking somewhere cool, somewhere where there's a good market, destination-ish. Um, you know, it could be locals, it could be people that, you know, drive to it. Uh, New Orleans is a really popular spot that I know a lot of people leave from cruises. So, like, if there was a cruise ship that docked there and uh, I was able to go into town and do some Mardi Gras type stuff safely, obviously with COVID, but then, like, go back on the ship and do podcasting or any type of nomad work, um, I think, you know, that could be another niche. And they were well, talking about somewhere. Yeah. There's, like, in Rotterdam, yeah. there's, like, a boat where they just permanently docked, actually. It just doesn't... Yeah. Uh, doesn't go into the waters anymore, just stays there. And actually just as a restaurant, you can work there, there are some offices when they do quite well. So I think in this stage yeah. when people just don't want to travel or far away, this could be still opportunities, right? Yeah, agreed. And that's the, that's what I love about the hospitality industry is it's like with all this, like we all look back in March and April and how freaked out, like, well, obviously I was freaked out too. Like, I think we all were like, what the heck's going to happen, you know? Um, and to now see where we are eight months down the line, seven months down the line, um, it's pretty incredible to see the things that we never, we put ourselves in a box and now we're kind of having to get ourselves out of it. And it's really cool to see, you know, I would love to have a hotel that has a podcast studio where I can go record. Like instead of coming to my co-working space, I'll just be over there, like be in my element. But it's just cool to see these new innovations of space um, instead of just being a basic room. It's now now a lifestyle type type trend that I like I like seeing happen. So what would you see in the Netherlands now? Actually, restaurants they have to be closed, right? And the restaurants of the hotels can be open, but it's only they can serve uh, guests from the hotel. So you can see all the hotels they move into packages, right? So uh, stay and eat packages directly. So this mm -hmm. is really like direct. Okay, we're just selling the whole experience because you're not able to sell dinner separately. Um, only can serve hotel guests. So they're really focusing on directly on this packaging. And this is cool to see like directly from day one day later, they're just selling sleep and uh, sleep and eat. Which is yeah. Cool. yeah. It's really funny. Like I think another trend in hospitality, at least in short term rentals, is regulations. But mm -hmm. when you look at regulations, no matter how fast lawmakers move, the public industry is faster at adapting. And in, in my town, bars were closed, but restaurants were open. So what you had was bars now started selling hot dogs and now they're yeah. a restaurant and then they can be open. So like everyone just adapted so quickly and, and you know, Michael in Amsterdam with uh, a hotel that can serve food versus a restaurant that can't. Like, so, so the hotel room now costs two euros to spend the night and dinner is right. So you just, just monetize it separately. You're not actually allowed in your hotel room, but you're a member or you're staying. And yeah. there's just ways around regulations. And 
Well, this um, happened in the past with parking. What you saw around the around the airports, there was there was like kind of the illegal parking wasn't allowed. It was only the official parkings. But there were companies that just had one office, which is a virtual office. So you rent this one, including a parking spot. So you rent the office for a few days, including a parking spot. Nobody was using the the, the, the virtual space, but it was packaging so they could sell the parking spot. So it was like park and park, park and work or something like this. Well, of course, everything, everybody just took their flight and parked there cheaper than the officially. So I love this innovation and the kind of disrupted bit to see, okay, just gray area, where can we still yeah, get some business? And for the hotels, I just fully understand why they just have to adapt quickly and it's a good initiative. Well, we talked about subscription models last week and um, part of the trends and flexibility thing that we were seeing in some articles uh, this week as we're prepping for this episode was people are going like exclusive, like exclusive membership. Like, okay, it's like a timeshare in a sense. You, you pay X amount per month or per year and now you have all exclusive rights to this condo. Like we saw one in, in um, California that was doing that, doing exclusive membership rates only no no transient walk-ins nothing it was okay you sign up for this membership this is what you get you're able to leave stuff in the room come and go as you please as long as you give us heads up type deal and um that that was it and so i think it's we're seeing my, subscription models go my ahead. guess with that is it's regulation driven as well in, in california okay um i i don't that's just my gut but uh, explain i, I want to I know more like well, California is probably the most restricted state in the country when it comes to COVID and the, the whole tourism. And I think Gavin Newsom, the, the governor, said you can't have more than two families at Thanksgiving dinner this year and everyone has to wear a mask inside their own homes. It's like mm -hmm. you can't regulate things like that. You, you literally that yeah. is that is not the government's role. Um, and so my my guess is that this hotel is doing that because mm. these people can now be labeled tenants and then they can come and go as they please and they don't have you know whatever traveler restrictions or regulations might be in place true that's a good point i didn't think about that because california is pretty heavily regulated with it so it's just another just another thing another trend <laughs> well um yeah and i think that the to kind of just end on that note of the subscription model and and now like we're seeing lots of hybrids i'm curious to see i want to like we talk about hotels and vacation rentals a lot but i want to see what restaurants are going to do like i know for my first hotel that i ever worked at the davenport in spokane um their their terrace bar they've now provided igloos like out, outdoor igloos for um like there's snow mm -hmm. on the ground it's it's really beautiful it's cool they did it last year pre-covid and it was a success, but now it even makes more sense with COVID, right? Because it's an independent little bubble for your 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 um, your group. So I want to see what hot or uh, what restaurants are going to do, because if like you were saying, if you're a bar, you can't be open, but you start serving food, you can. So if you're a hotel, but your hotel guests can't go eat restaurants, but you have a restaurant. So what about the restaurants? Are they going to start getting into the hotel space and start accommodating and building this? Type well, they of might try the opposite, indeed, to sell some rooms above or around the restaurant. Yeah. But what we saw as well, what we did with Bedroom, is that as soon as it started and the restaurants were struggling to get there and the people inside, we connect them to, to delivery platforms, right? We help them to connect yeah. them with Uber Eats and stuff. So they start, actually, before they might holding it up because they want their people within the restaurant. But you see, 
they were completely, uh, you saw their hotels, they, they have to survive, right? So they really went to food delivery and everything. So I think looking at food delivery, it's a huge boom. It's, it's growing a lot. And so, yeah, they, they can, there could be also a reason for hotels to get people familiar with their food, right? So they can use it as opportunities, even though they generate some income now. But eventually, when you are at some place a few times, then you're satisfied. Next time, when everything hopefully comes back to normal, is okay, I, I ordered there a few times, but now we'll go for the full experience, and I'm just going to eat in the restaurant. So if hotels yeah. do well, if a restaurant's doing well now, could also help them in long term, right? So and don't see it as a threat, because a lot of hotels, they're still seeing this as a threat, like, yeah, but it only is food delivery. We want to sell this whole experience. And of course, we also... The drinks are important for us because the highest margins on our drinks and the alcohol and stuff. So yeah, of course. But if you're providing a good service now, you still make some income. Later, when things come back to normal and people are allowed to come into your restaurant, they come. The first thing they think about is your place. So this is, I think, that also if you're just talking about the definition of hospitality, is also just creating a relationship, right? And that's again we go to a less topic, creating a relationship or loyalty with your with your clients because you went to this restaurant last years for and you just closing completely and just shut down and don't deliver and then people just finding out different places and you might lose this customer which was going to your restaurant several times per month you might lose them forever yeah so two things on that one i mean I, i'm with you like the the places i patronized during the the worst of the lockdowns were friends businesses friends restaurants and the restaurants that I loved to go that I didn't want to see disappear. Um, something I just thought of that it would be really cool. Like some of the nicer restaurants have really, really good chefs. Do some, do some courses out of the, these mm -hmm. kitchens, the professional kitchens. I'd love to see what it's like to cook in a professional kitchen. Yeah. Um, I enjoy cooking. And I think a lot of people during COVID have really taken to cooking more than, than they used to for obvious reasons but I'd love to learn new things about it. And that's a way to use the space. that's not, you know, straight traditional restaurant. So but they can still create an experience, right? They could say, okay, we're just live broadcast the cooking people from home. They can they put the iPad also in the kitchen and together they're cooking, for example, so you're creating again, an yeah. experience. And this is of course what people does before you go to the restaurant because when they have no experience, you can make it cool, right? You can see it now in the music. You can see some artists. They're not allowed to give any concert. They go into virtual concerts or live stream concerts. And this could be an opportunity for you, for uh, for chef or a restaurant. It's okay. This is me. This is the way I'm cooking. This is how I'm just preparing the meals and stuff. And, people like man yeah. i i took a couple courses from this guy he's fantastic i i can't wait till they reopen mm -hmm. it's i gotta be cool yeah no, i agree and uh totally like off topic but i even did like a virtual date <laughs> this during this whole like COVID stuff where <laughs> sent, like the, the, the ingredients to the 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 uh, girl i was seeing and then we cooked over facetime together and it's just like there's these cool like little things like you know, FaceTime and this video slash in person, it adds like a little, it's weird, but it's like adds a little bit of uniqueness to it because like you said, we have to innovate, right? So if you're going to do it, might as well build that, that cool connection. Like you said, I would love to see like one of the chefs I used to work with. I would love to have like a cooking show that's exclusively for me. Heck, they could even do it in the restaurant. They could provide an app, iPad at the table and do a virtual stream and just say, you know, as he's making everyone's meals, he's just kind of talking out to the to the camera or something. I don't know. There's all these certain things that you could do that would be, that'd be kind of cool. 
So you're so making your food, you can follow how it's making your food, and then you're just yeah. going to send it to your place, right? So half hour, they just preparing it, and then you can see not much later it's in your own place. You're creating a whole experience. How cool you see. <laughs> I don't know, not an all kitchens. There's some restaurants you don't want to see it, but if there's a good it's a good one, it'll be fun to see what is actually how they're preparing your meal and how much later it's gonna be delivered. That's actually technology, right? You can see yeah. how they can prepare your meal, kind of in maybe even virtual reality, maybe even you would like to, but you just okay, how do you create the meal? Because you have to do something, and this is again to create kind of a relationship. And it maybe yeah. it doesn't bring you so much money, but again, you just stay visible for your clients, and I think that's so important on this stage to still stay in contact with your with your audience and that's yeah. what some people forget right they say okay i'm just closing completely it's not profitable and uh, hopefully in the, maybe in a few months i'll reopen but mm -hmm. then i think recovery going to be much stronger it's the same in our company we could say we're going to lay off half of the people or more but then if we want to bounce back if you want to recover that building your team and come back take you much longer so if you really want to recover quick yeah it is a risk but eventually of course if you want to recover quickly you should take some risk yeah, we talk about transparency all the time too. So just doing it, like being more transparent, live streaming a chef cooking your food and having it delivered to your house is just another version. So that's like we find, I think the more we find transparency and keeping the good service alive, no matter what, whether it's going a little extra mile to you know clean your rooms better and, and market it that you're cleaning your rooms better or just doing other things, good service is always usually going to end up being on top on top of. Yeah, I think it's more than just saying you clean rooms better than other people, right? Like, I think that message at this point is kind of washed away. Um, the watching the chef cook your meal would be super cool, right? Or, or, or having them, you know, send you the ingredients and then you FaceTime with the chef and you cook yeah. with them, right? Like, yeah, the chef could do it with 20 people that sign up and they, send out these boxes of food and, and everyone cooks together and watches the chef. Like there, yeah. there's ways to innovate even a, a restaurant that's probably harder to innovate than uh, a hotel or short term middles that can flex their their usage and their inventory. Yeah, well, it's the same. I don't know if I mentioned once, but you got the guys from Trip Loop actually they were selling group travel and group mm -hmm. travel is not really that it's pretty dead now right so it just doesn't work so what they did they had the whole platform when people can log in they had the app and everything so what they built within a few weeks that people do kind of a virtual travel so they can still connect with people so what i did for example you go to japan they have like a 10-day program to japan so a few hours per day you just learn about the country and everything but still you're creating an audience so you're like one with maybe with 20 people other travelers you could communicate with each other so actually you felt like you traveled kind of together even though it's virtually of course, travel is different experience. You want to see it in real life. But for them, keep them alive, actually. Because they're doing this, they get money from, uh, I think, from the Japan uh, tourist uh, bureaus. Actually, they, they are like this project. They, can, they get quite some money, so they could survive. So by actually adopting those kind of technologies and stuff, and say, okay, this innovate them, because otherwise they will just yeah. probably uh, be bankrupt. But now they survive. They get some money from, uh, I think, from Japan. So they survive by using innovation. And they just have to survive till everything comes back and then they can just continue again. So I think that's also important, right? It's the same with the restaurants. Yeah. You could say, I'm shut down everything and hopefully it doesn't take too long. Or you try to innovate. It could be the way of, you can see in hotels as well when they're in, in here in Poland, there's okay, just everything into safety. Is that the menu? There was no menu anymore. So, okay, where's the mm -hmm. menu? It was a few months ago when you could still go to the restaurant. And I said, no, yeah. you just have to do it on your phone. You just have to order on your phone. Now we just stepped away completely from menus, papers, and everything. And they directly innovate. And I think this will be happening more, right? 
And yeah. as Michael said, by checking in with paper, writing down what is your name, all those things. Now you have the time as a property, as a hotel, as a restaurant to innovate because yeah. now you can experiment, right? You can make some small mistakes, but if your, your hotel or your restaurant is fully booked again, yeah, then if you have a mistake, it, it will be uh, more challenging. 100% agree. And with that restaurant thing, that package that you're talking about, I, I actually saw a restaurant do that. But the yeah. one thing that they didn't do was like allow you to do the FaceTime with the chef. What I think would be cool, you know how we're doing QR codes now? Everyone's doing like QR menus. So you do a video of that certain meal on how to make it. Mm -hmm. You have a QR thing with the instructions and the ingredients. Mm -hmm. And then maybe that would be a cool way to do it. So yeah, we have any restaurant. Yeah. If we have any restaurant tours that turn, tune into this, uh, you're welcome. We just gave you a new business <laughs> pivot. Well, I know. I think this is a good episode, guys. Um, any final notes or thoughts coming up for this week for for anybody, um, you know, with you guys at NoiseAware or with that bedroom? Well, I, I think to put a bow on it, like the certainly the term of 2020 is flexibility. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't have prepaid bookings anymore. Almost every booking in every type of travel is flexible. Uh, the booking windows are no longer, you know, six week lead times to destination markets. They're a week. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think moving into ski season where October, November is prime booking for January, February, probably bookings aren't going to come till January, February, right before people travel. So hang tight. You know, I, I think people will show up. Uh, it's just not going to be the same and you've got to be flexible. Yeah. Give them a reason to show up. Well, I think I'm mean, just curious when that happened, right? We just discussed it in the airline industry. They're working with vouchers and still to get some income and be flexible on this. I'm really curious also, this is not so common yet in the hotel business. Of course, for individual hotels might be more challenging, but if the large chains, there's okay, we just if you're booking through us, we just is kind of semi-flexible. So in this case, yes, you just your your maybe your amount of your your payment is non-refundable, but you can Book it. You can rechange any property which we like to have, uh, which you'd like to have at any date. I'm really curious yeah. if they are adopting those kind of things because an airline is really common now, and every every airline giving vouchers and stuff to still not pay back everything. So I'm I'm curious if hotels are also coming up with how can we still survive on this date? But it will be challenging, of course, for the individual properties. But they might give a different experience, right? I think everything everybody's curious now, and I think now it's the time for education to show everything. He said, okay, how the chief is cooking? That will be super interesting. Might be even yeah. say, okay, I want to see how cleaner, cleaner maybe, I don't know how, how long it takes. You take maybe to clean your room in 10, 15 minutes. Well, if I would clean uh, my bedroom, it would probably take me five times longer because he has kind of like a systematic approach. So I'm pretty curious to see actually, like, okay, how yeah. can you make those things more efficient, right? This is not every process, this is operational wise. It is really interesting. You can learn from a lot how they're, and even though in hospitality, right, how they're just dealing with with customers, but also with, for example, when there's an issue with challenges, because it's also this is management. So they they can learn a lot from hospitality. You can see a lot of people did hospitality schooling, and they work in different businesses because they have this hospitality approach. So I think now will be also a way to learn from the hospitality actually, and I hope they will share a bit what the what they can do. Yeah, totally agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, awesome, guys. Let's uh, do this again next week. Cool.